Kill Master Jojo. You are a top man. Prepare to leave the house. Today you boys will be involved in such activities as war games, ah! ambush techniques, them blowing stuff up. I don't think I can do this. Was? Of course you can. Abadam comes to. When I was your age, I had an imaginary friend. Got me in so much trouble. Kids, it's time to burn some books. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lucky Dog Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com. Photo, video, digital media production. EliasRoushMedia.com. Link in the description. Today we're discussing Jojo Rabbit. 2019, directed by Taika Waititi, uh, written by Taika Waititi, and this is based off of the book Caging Skies by Christine Lewins. Jojo is a lonely German boy who is a Nazi who lives with his mother. This movie is about Jojo having uh, an imaginary friend who happens to be Adolf Hitler. And so... This movie is about confronting his blind nationalism uh, to um, Germany as and to uh, the Nazi Party as World War II continues to go on toward the later, latter half of it. This movie is uh, an hour and forty eight minutes, and it's a dramedy. Uh, it's a uh, a dramedy and a comp. It's a dramedy, is what I would call it, because it's very much you're going to be laughing your ass off in some scenes, and then on the opposite spectrum, um, I was straight up bawling my eyes out at some points. So there is um, tonal whiplash, whiplash um, from this movie, not in a bad way though. And so one thing I have realized about you know, tackling this uh, kind of interesting uh, topic that not many directors, writers, or anybody wants to touch at this point. Mostly because who wants to make a movie with a friendly, uh, quote-unquote, uh, quote-unquote friendly Adolf Hitler? So yeah, many people don't want to tackle uh, a friendly, almost goofy, Looney Tunes-ish uh take on Adolf Hitler. Now, we've seen uh, goofy uh, Hitlers before in in cinema and in television. I know South Park has been all over um, uh, interpretations of Hitler. But, I mean, satirical uh, black comedy involving Hitler has been involved in media since as early as the 1950s. And, I mean, what was that only, like... 10, 20 years later, um, uh, I believe that was, uh, let me see, oh, sorry, that was uh, broadcast in 1990, but it was in the in the style of 1950s British sitcom, but yeah, we've had, um, we've had Hitler portrayed in many different fashions, um, pretty much every time that we have a Hitler character in uh, a movie is to have him as the big bad so that, you know, you have, uh, you know, our protagonist to go up and confront something as evil as that. So, um, when you are bringing someone of that stature who has something 
so heinous behind his name, and you're trying to bring levity to it, um, you got to walk a tight tightrope is what I'd say, because you're not putting him in a, a, a Justice League uh, movie or something like that. You're not putting him in uh, a sitcom television show. You're putting him in a movie where he's befri- he's quote-unquote befriending a friend, uh, or he's befriending a, a, a kid, and he's influencing him, and we as the viewer are watching this movie from the eyes of a child. So the one thing about this movie that is just really jarring at first is this kind of Wes Anderson cinematography style uh, meets a Holocaust film. And so if you've watched any Wes Anderson films, you... Uh, you're aware, you know, he loves to do uh, the pan up, uh, sorry, uh, pan left to right, tilts up and down, and he likes to always have that uh, smooth slider um, impressions when he's uh, behind the camera. It's not quite that to that degree, but I would say uh, overall this a lot of people are going to say this is like the Moonrise Kingdom, which is the Wes Anderson film, meets uh, a World War II uh, uh, fictional tale. So, yeah, it's um, it's an interesting take on uh, on this time and period. The thing about it is, the first hour of this movie is going to have uh, it's going to have you laughing. It's going to have uh, amazing actors in it. I think that I don't have a shortcoming in the bunch. Uh, Some people aren't going to enjoy the performances of some of the supporting cast, mostly because some of the supporting cast is just straight up goofy. And I personally did not have a problem with that. I I do think that there's tonally, some of these characters feel like they're in from different movies. But um, yeah, so let me just describe some of these characters real quick. Roman Griffin Davis plays Jojo. First-time actor uh, on the big screen. He is phenomenal. I cannot wait to see this. Um, yeah, I cannot wait to see him in additional movies. He's uh, a fantastic young actor, and he he holds this movie together. Um, Scarlett Johansson. This is one, she plays the mother, Rosie. She is phenomenal. I've never seen Scarlett Johansson uh, channel this kind of energy before. It's kind of this quippy quirkiness about her that really works. Um, Taika Waititi plays Adolf, and he is a straight-up Bugs Bunny cartoon caricature of Hitler. So when I was going into this, I was like, this sounds like, you know, maybe not the best idea. You know, how could you really portray a Hitler that is um, going to work on screen? And this is about as good as you could do it for me personally, because he is such a ridiculous character. He is... I kept thinking he was like a Looney Tunes character, straight up Bugs Bunny. Um, but yeah, he is, he's turned up to 11. Um, and he has some great lines. Sam Rockwell as Captain Kinzendorf, um, who's uh, one of the Nazis. Uh, he's excellent as always, basically playing that same kind of hard-ass, man, how did I end up in this situation kind of guy. Um, kind of regretful, but also he, he's normally playing a shitty guy, but he normally has some sort of redeeming arc at the end, and he's kind of in that same realm. And his uh, two companions are uh, are Rebel Wilson from Pitch Perfect as Fraulein Rom and Alfie Allen as Finkel, who is basically next to no lines. Um, Rebel Wilson, she was kind of a problem for some of the uh, 
bigger critics that didn't want this movie to be too goofy and lighthearted, but I really felt like we needed these lines from Webber Wilson, and we needed these lines from all these other other great actors to deliver some of the comedy that uh, that uh, was written for him from Taika Waititi. I think that because of the tone of the movie, we needed to have some sort of lightheartedness to it, and they they really brought it for me, and they came at points within the story that made sense for me personally. It didn't didn't throw me out of the movie. Now I don't know if that's going to agree with everyone. I see that on Rotten Tomatoes this is seventy seven, and on IMDb it's about a seven five or something like that. I'll tell you right now, I gave this a nine out of ten. I was I was lying I was lying on the bed laughing my ass off at one point and then I don't know less than 40 minutes later I'm bawling my eyes out so I was this movie definitely made me feel something and I'm, I'm curious to see if this is the effect for everyone else I understand uh the, the comedic portrayal of Nazis is kind of uh frowned upon but I mean it's so ridiculous it's it, it, you can't take it seriously um Let's see. Most of the, uh, yeah, most of the, let me see. Um, there was one more actor I wanted to cover. It's one of his friends. Uh, Archie Yates as Yorkie. Yorkie is basically uh, JoJo's best friend within the movie. And they're both just playing these little little Aryan Nazis, you know, how cute. First of all, it was, it felt like it was uh, a mirror to society to see all these kids in these quote-unquote war scenarios that they're, you know, just training them to kill. Um, That was, you know, kind of, it's like, whoa, this is intense. Um, The thing about... The, the the two actors, they play off together extremely well. I could watch a movie with just them alone. They were hilarious. Um, the thing is, the messaging behind the movie when it comes to the Nazism, the fascists, the, you know, the, 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 whole, the whole atmosphere that this movie has taken place in is kind of softballed in a way in a in a sense like i don't need the movie to say hey it's bad to be a a nazi and i don't need to be beat over the head with the message or anything like that and ultimately that's you know given where you know most society is i guess that's that's kind of what you would agree with i'm not going to say what this movie ends with but i will say that the the movie's message becomes a little bit muddled toward the last Let's say the last 15 to 20, maybe even 30, mostly because there's a tonal shift in the middle. Um, I still think it, it works even with the tonal shift, even with the uh, the amount of, what's it called, um, the, the comedy versus the, the drama. I think it still works, even though the messaging's a little muddled, still works. I, like I said, 9 out of 10. i got to uh, hop into the spoiler section to talk about this in any more detail. Um, but let's hop into the Jojo Rabbit spoiler section in 3, 2, 1. Um, 
Okay, so we are in the spoiler section for Jojo Rabbit, and I just want to talk about this real quick. There's not tons to talk about, I will say, except for the fact that, oh my gosh, he had freaking a Jew in his freaking house. Oh my, oh my, oh my. Yeah, yeah, okay, so. <laughs> um, I forgot that I was uh, actually keeping uh, one of the main plot points uh, until uh, the spoiler section, and I almost completely forgot uh, Mrs. Um, why did this? Okay, Mrs. Thompson McKenzie as Elsa, who basically plays I I want to say is somewhat like an Anne Frank stand-in. Um, she is uh, a young Jewish girl who is living in JoJo's attic under uh. And his mother knows about it. And so his mother his mother and Jojo both know about Elsa living in in the house, but they don't ever talk about it to each other. So there are tons of scenes that are just uh, dripping with sweet, heart-filled moments between these two. I genuinely felt like these were uh, – they were a real family, you know, mother and son, and I – I could. I felt like I could really relate in that sense. I know not everybody can, but uh, I, I really enjoyed the scenes of them together. They worked together as you know uh, a family very well. I wish I would have had maybe a little bit more of the three of them together. I do think JoJo has amazing comedic timing when it comes to uh, the questioning of Elsa and Elsa herself. Uh, Thompson McKenzie, don't don't. You know, sleep on her. She's phenomenal. She's just as good as Jojo. Um, he's uh, I'm sorry. Their um, their dynamic together is amazing, and uh, the way that this movie ends with the unfortunate death of his mother, and then him coming across her shoes and giving her a hug. Oh my god! It literally just ripped my heart out. I was just, I was a big bucket of tears by that point. I was just, <laughs> I was like, this sucks. And I don't know why I could re- relate to this a lot more than the majority of, I guess, I guess because it takes such a lighthearted tone, the majority of the movie, that it's just kind of whiplash when you actually see the realizations of what these people are um, standing for. Because um, for the majority of the movie, we are not in the guise or in the shoe, the quote unquote shoes of um, Elsa or any Jewish family. We are in the shoes and in the perspective of this young Aryan Nazi boy. But really, he's not a Nazi. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to kill. He doesn't. He's just surrounded by a bunch of assholes who are telling him to do shit, and he doesn't believe it. And so, um, Elsa is the one. Uh, is the one to uh, say something to him about it and bring it to his, uh, bring it to realization. And so I felt like that is the biggest line within the movie. Uh, you know, you're not a Nazi. You're just a, a boy trying to join a stupid club. And that definitely summarizes, I guess, what they want to say is the Nazi party and ideals of it. The thing is... There is so much more to the Nazi party than just hating Jews and Heil Hitler and uh, all the all the place than what they showed in this movie. I felt like we've got 
character characterization or uh, a limited scope of what exactly the Nazi party was doing. Like to say this movie is even about Nazis is so vague. It's just about, a, it's, it's basically about Nazis and it's basically about, you know, Germany. But I feel like from a historical standpoint, we got such little about what they did. It's, um, it, it, it definitely would have been much darker of a movie the more that you lean into it. But still, I felt like there was kind of this, Soft, like I said, that softballed message of um, fascism and uh, being a Nazi. I just thought that JoJo really needs to have a good talk with. Well, I I wanted him to have a talk with uh, the Adolf Hitler character, and maybe he he figures out that he doesn't want to be a Nazi in that way, and he sort of does at the end, but he literally just punts his imaginary. Uh, Hitler out the window, and then he just he just flies out Looney Tunes style. I was calling it, I was calling him a Looney Tunes character before he flew out the window. When he did that shit, I was like, all right, that's it. That you know, he's fucking Bugs Bunny in my book. Um, but yeah, I wanted, I think I wanted one scene of JoJo kind of really gearing in uh, to Adolf Hitler and saying, you know, fuck you, fuck your values, and you know. Fuck your group and everything it stands for. You know, it's I, I really wanted, or maybe not even to you know that extent. It doesn't have to be that crude, but I wanted him to articulate a little bit more about him not wanting to be a Nazi a little bit more. And so that's why I think the movie um, flops a little bit. It's mostly all behind the scenes. It's mostly all you know JoJo having internal struggles and you realizing it on his face, and you see you seeing what um, what that what happens to to him because of that i do feel like it uh, stumbles at that point it it's around the point where he loses his mother it uh it, it it's and then he goes back to elsa and he's upset at her and he thinks that it's kind of her fault so he takes the knife and stabs he's going up to her and stabs elsa in the shoulder and she just kind of stands there and removes the knife and it's kind of inconsequential but you understand that he's towards Elsa, but it's also, he feels horrible, you know, like he just lost his mother and he wants someone to blame. And so it's completely natural to understand where that would come from. I just feel like I, uh, I think I wanted a little bit more, less focused on his personal struggle and more focused on the overall ideals that he was standing for at the beginning of the movie. But other than that, other than that, I really love this movie. Um, it's the type of movie I want to show other people to see what their reactions are. Um, I, I couldn't recommend it more, mostly because it's uh, a coming-of-age story that just happens to be wrapped around you know, the Holocaust and have uh, tunes and ideals that have to pertain to today. And so, yeah, thank you for listening to the Lucky Dog Podcast. If you like this podcast, check out more Lucky Dog Podcasts, uh, SoundCloud. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram. All the links are below. Comments, questions, concerns. The Luck It Out Podcast at gmail.com. PayPal.me slash Luck Podcast to support the podcast. Thank you for listening to the JoJo Rabbit Podcast. We could not do this without you um, internationally, in, in the world, in the States, no matter where you are. Thank you for listening. And 
Nothing makes sense anymore. Yeah, I know it's definitely not a good time to be a Nazi. Dancing behind them. 